Hello there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender with the Keys Bartender Podcast. If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender Podcast, it's a podcast about Keys life and bartending. I hope you're having a good day. We have a beautiful day here. Once again, you know, the off season where you get the, we have the island. It seems like we have paradise to ourselves. And, you know, for a a bartender or someone in the service industry, that's not necessarily a great thing. We've had, uh, we did have people come down. We do have visitors still that come down here on a regular basis. But, uh, you know, the people from Miami come down here. We have the people with vacation homes. And then we have the people that are kind of, you know, they, they space out their entertainment. We had a lovely couple from the United Kingdom they were down here diving all, all week, uh, last week. And uh, it's just wonderful meeting all these people when you come in there. That's the beauty of the job in the tourist area. It's kind of like you have that small town. We have that small town vibe where we got our regulars. And then we have the people that come in from all over the world. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, in a tourist town, it's um, unrelated into a story. If you were, let's say, as a gentleman, I'm going to say a gentleman, and you were going to take someone out on a date, okay? Depending on your proclivity, let's say it's a woman you're taking out on a date. And you're uh, a man, you're taking a woman out to date, you're having a lovely time. It seems like you're getting along well. And about two-thirds of the way through the date, you may be eating or something like that, and the woman says, hey, listen, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm out of relationship for a little while. Like for, you know, I've been in a long-term relationship for years and I've just been starting to date around and things like that. And uh, do you have any friends, other friends that are, uh, would be interested in going out? And you might be thinking, oh, oh, you have a friend? You want a double date? Or say, no, no, that's for me. I don't want to stay, you know, I'm just recently off a long-term relationship, so I'd like to uh, explore a little. So I'd like to try uh, a couple different people. Now, that wouldn't feel so good, would it? Well, that happens a lot with restaurants and bars. But you shouldn't react the same way as you would if someone asked you for recommendations on another suitable partner. You know, that would probably be a pretty good uh, plot for a show and a person's going out on dinner and all of a sudden say, yeah, I'm having a lovely time. You're not exactly my type, but if you have friends that are similar to you, maybe a little taller or, or you know, more educated, but just as nice as you, that'd be wonderful. So, no, when it comes to tourists that come down here, you, uh, you could spend, and this is for people visiting your bar and your restaurant, they'll people come up to you and every so often and they'll say, listen, we're in town for a week. We want to know the places to go to, you know, late night. And it's similar to our venue because we're a bar and we have entertainment and things like that. But they want to know, where's a good place to go? And I said, well, you're at it. And they, it's like saying, well, this isn't the kind of place. I mean, they're not saying that. They aren't saying that. They're... They're here for a while. You don't expect someone to come and visit town and spend the same every day with you, unless they're one of those people that would spend the same, go to some location, spend this every day 
in the one bar when you have multitudes to choose from. So this is how I take a page out of, there was a movie called Miracle on 34th Street. And I may have mentioned it all of a sudden. I may have mentioned it a couple weeks ago, actually. But in it, it's uh, the plot of the story, if you don't know, I'm going to give away the whole plot. It's uh, this guy uh, shows up on Thanksgiving Day. This woman is um, the manager of the Macy's Day Parade, Thanksgiving Day Parade. And at one point, their Santa, who's at the end of the Macy Day, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, he's intoxicated. He's falling off their float. So she sees it, and there's this gentleman there who looks you know, has a beard, has a cane, and he's well-spoken, and he's polite, but he's very insulted that this man is a drunken Santa. And he's ready, he's, in the old movie, he's ready to beat him with his cane. And the woman who uh, is running the parade looks at him and goes, boy, you kind of look like uh, the kind of guy we're looking for to play Santa. It turns out it's a real Santa, right? And they end up liking him so much that they invite him to be at their flagship store to be the Santa. And one time there's a, 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 a person walks uh, went in with their child and he asked for a toy that Macy does, Macy's doesn't have. and Or no one, she doesn't know if anybody has it. And Santa Claus, the real Santa Claus tells him, he says, oh yes, you, you'll get that. You know, no problem. And the mother kind of whispers, come on, come over here, you Listen, why are you doing that? She's telling Santa, why are you doing that? I've been looking to all these stores. I can't find it. There's no place here that has it. And she ends up saying to the guy, um, the Santa says, listen, I know exactly where it has it. You go to this store on this street and they have plenty of those items. And she's shocked. And um, the manager overhears it. The manager of the toy department overhears it. And he's kind of like a little upset And then the woman walks up to the manager and says, listen, I never heard this before. It never happened in my life. And I have to say, Macy's really has the spirit of Christmas. You know, just imagine sending someone to another store just to make their customer happy. Well, now Macy's getting all my all my business if I can. And actually, the guy started feeling good about it and stuff like that. And then a bunch of people started doing that. And then all the Santas were recommending a different place. So this is what I do. When you run a decent place, if you're working at a decent place, and you're in a tourist, and you say, yes, there's many good places. I always suggest this to people. I would never kind of trash a local establishment. Unless it's really, really bad, meaning that you could, you know, it could ruin someone's day going in there. But there's very few places that stay in business that are that disreputable, especially in this size tourist town. Now, other tourist towns, you got to be careful. So you got to be careful going to this place. You know, if you're like in Las Vegas, I'm sure there's some places in Las Vegas, shady places in there or some bigger towns. You got to be careful, maybe. But not so much in the Keys. It'd be hard to maintain a business down here if they didn't at least adhere to the rudimentaries of good business ethics. So what I try to do is say, what kind of places are you looking for? And look at the demographic. I said, all you ladies 
I mean, if this lady's asking, I go, are you looking for people similar age? Are you looking for a, a different type of music? What kind of vibe are you looking for? A late night? <clears throat> Excuse me, one minute. A late night vibe? Party vibe? All these different places. You want to be on the water or not in the water? You want to be in air conditioned? Depending on where you are, right? And I always send people. I say, oh, this is a good place. This one skews a little older, but it's a good time. It's The crowd starts a little later and goes a little later. I mean, this place is mainly, uh, I recommend this place is mainly for food. If you're looking for seafood, if you're looking for, if you're not a big fan of seafood, there's a couple different, you know, there's a pizza place, there's an Italian restaurant, there's, you know, a burger joint, steakhouse, whatever you, whatever you want. But when you start giving worthwhile recommendations to people, not just places that aren't inside your niche, right? Um... There, I mean, I won't necessarily recommend someone that's similar to us, but I can say, listen, there are other places similar to us if you'd like to try that out, but it sounds like you want to go to someplace different. And I would suggest that. And I'm going to mention a couple places. I go, oh, you go up here. There's a bigger crowd. They got a huge tiki bar here. This place is a little smaller. It's on the other side of our bridge, blah, blah, blah. This place is on the ocean. If you want a nice ocean view, you know, this one's more, you know, it's a younger vibe to it. And and you just give them value for the questions they ask you. And it's not as if you're being disloyal to your place of business. And the person isn't dissing your business. They just want to get a little variety. You got to think like a tourist. Like when you're on, you're on a cruise ship. You know, what do they do on a cruise ship? Instead of just having one dining room nowadays, they have couple different specialty restaurants. They'll have a sit-down place to go and have a sit-down dinner. And and that's in a tight venue, meaning you're on a ship and they may have, some of them have like five, six restaurants there that you can go around because people don't necessarily want to eat at the same place. They also do it at all-inclusive resorts. I remember going to Sandals. They had um, three different restaurants inside the resort I was on besides their own and they did their own buffets and things like that too it was it was wonderful i love stuff like that i absolutely love that i don't necessarily go to the same place all the time it's not like going on a date and it's not as if your wife is asking you honey do you have any friends that would be available and going on a date with me (laughs) you know they're not doing that and people get I, I've had people at the bars when regulars go and they start, oh, you should try this place. You should try that place. And then you know, some of my coworkers are saying, why would you be recommending another place? And they go, well, they're here now. It's our job as you know, representatives of our establishment to do well and bring them back. And if you're confident enough to recommend another place, you can say, you can always give it with you know, a grain of salt when you're doing something. Say, listen, I've known a multiple experience there. I enjoyed it. Some people like this. Some people like that. This is a little more rustic. I used to say rustic when I go, when it's not um, hermetically sealed restaurant, like one of those chain restaurants. Down here, there, there's Keezy restaurants, right? So, and hopefully <clears throat> the people at these other establishments will reciprocate and say, yeah, we like going there too. We enjoy that place. 
I mean, that's kind of like the big happy family vibe that you give in a resort town and say, yes, if we all do well, then we all, it's, it's called the rising tide raises all ships theory. And that's when I hear, when I hear someone who had a bad experience for some, something outside the service industry. Let's say they went on a fishing boat. I heard a couple years back, someone had bought a ticket to go on a uh, half-day fishing. And as it turned out, they didn't sell enough tickets. So they went back to get the refund. They couldn't get the refund at the time. They said, listen, you're just going to have to check in here and see if you can go fishing on another day. And I thought that was kind of disreputable. I didn't really understand that. That um, they would, I mean, I, I think I would, what I would do is if someone had uh, bought a ticket, I would say, listen, until maybe once all sales are final, unless we don't go out on the trip, and then will we give you a refund? Because once you create the feeling of, I never really, when, when someone has a bad experience, let's say at a hotel that is necessarily, they don't change, they don't change your bedding or don't give you fresh towels or maybe mold in their, their bathroom. That stuff stays with you and people can start, they, they can start attributing and say, you know, all their experiences when they, when they pile up on each other, they could end up coloring the way the people thinks, the, the way they think of the whole experience, the whole town. So I always thought if everyone does well, if every restaurant people goes, go to in, on a vacation in a, lo- in a location such as Key Largo, if they ex- have a lovely experience every place they go, they're going to say it's a lovely town. And you know what? We're going to spend our vacation dollar down here again sometime. But you give them a couple bad experiences. You start, you know, shit talking the local venues and different restaurants and different people. And start saying things about, you know, being being negative. It's all about being negative. So if you're positive and you do this and say there's a lot of great places, it shows confidence in what you do. And it adds to that receptiveness that the tourist has to the experience of being on vacation. I think that really works. I always I always tried that when I was in dating. I go like this, yeah, you should, you know, you're you know, I always go um, it talks, you know, I try to, you know, I try to reaffirm and say, yeah, you're a lovely person. I really enjoy your company. Um, if you'd like to go out again, that would be great because I really enjoy I really enjoyed the time we had together. And leave it at that. And not be so possessive sometimes. Because when you're not possessive of that customer, it leaves the options open for that person to come back. It's that, um, you know, if you love someone, let them free. If they come back, it was meant to be. And if they don't, it was never meant to be. Whatever the whole saying was. Okay, to get on the stories. I did not know if I told you, listeners, that recently, on Saturday mornings, my wife coaxed me into going to a Saturday morning yoga class. Now, 
I've had experience with stretch classes, yoga-like classes, I guess. There are different poses and flexibilities. I am not a flexible person. And unless you're used to stretching, it, it can be quite, at least for me, and, and going to the yoga class, some people have a different image of what yoga is about, right? I have, my image is, and I've had this by going to uh, stretch recovery classes and Pilates classes, that my hips are very tight from running, biking, lifting, and and all those muscles because I don't do anything to, I didn't do anything for years to manage my range of motion. And here I am approaching 60, you know, having that health event about two months ago. And I'm attempting to do that. So I had a certain amount of consternation thinking about my performance. Uh, you know, I was, I thought I would be, I guess the way to put it, I thought I was having anxiety from performance issues, which guys have performance issues in other incidents too. That's why erectile uh, dysfunction, ED medication is billions of dollars right out there. But my uh, performance anxiety is from, is mainly in rhythm-based it used to be in rhythm-based. Anything you're dancing. Like if someone's saying, hey, listen, I'll go to a Zumba class if you want, you know, if, if that's what they want. But I just didn't have rhythm. Now, being a spin instructor, I think I gained a little more rhythm. I can get, I'm not a sidestep, sidestep, forward-step, bowl, you know, line dancing guy. I'm just not one of those guys. Just one of those things. But also, I have a lot of experience realizing that my range of motion is an issue. And they would point it out and say, boy, you have tight hips. And back. And when you're sitting up and you're doing yoga and trying to sit up straight, it always looks like it's easy. It looks like it's easy when you're you're crossing your legs and you're trying to elongate your your spine. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm thinking about it right now, keeping my, my tailbone against the back of the seat and keeping my spine straight. Actually it does make me feel more alert. I feel as if I have more energy doing that. I've only been to two of these classes, but I did notice in the class that we're doing, there were things I noticed uh, in the movements they showed me that were, um, I remember seeing them in movies and thing, and hearing before, downward dog, upward dog, cow, uh, a couple other things they said, and, and it's, starting, it's starting to... I'm starting to be reminded of it when they tell you to do and make a position. I don't make any smooth traditions, transitions when I do it. But I went and did it, and I'm sweating because, you know, I'm almost 230 pounds, and you're getting up, you're pushing, you're holding your weight up and things like that. You're using balance, trying to hold myself off the ground, using just your legs. I mean, not your legs, your hands. And, and start doing that, doing holding different poses. And uh, the longer you do them, the more you can. And my, my ultimate goal is to get a greater range of motion and add to my coordination and balance. Because that's the thing. I guess that's the thing that happens when you get older. It's not necessarily for guys that you 
lose your muscle mass. You also lose your flexibility and you lose your balance. There's balance issues and things like that. And I just wanted to be, I wanted to be there. I want to look as if I still know what I'm doing. I want to be light on my feet, right? So I do that. And I guess there's a certain amount of, what would you call it? When you get rid of your ego, once you've had a serious health issue and when you get a certain age, I really don't worry about it. I did worry about like, my, my wife was saying, hey, listen, when you're wearing shorts, make sure you have something underneath. I'm not one of those guys. You know, there are for something, I did, I did mention this on a previous episode. There are some older men have a proclivity of letting their balls or their junk hang out in their shorts. And, you know, not everyone wants to see that. Matter of fact, no one wants to see that. And no one, no one really wants to see it when you're young. Well, they may, okay, they may want to see it in certain situations, but not in a yoga class necessarily. Not in a yoga class. So I'm discreet. I know, hey, I know sometimes my shirt rides up and I may be showing my lower waist. I don't have to show my ass crack, right? And I definitely don't want to show any of my, my uh, junk. So I'm, I'm cognizant of that. And you got to, you know, you got to be... A little more, uh, you got to give a little scrutiny to your your nail care. Let's say cleaning, keeping your feet clean, what you're eating, what you're eating the night before. You know, if peppers give you problem, you know what I mean. If it gives you flatulence, let's say if you're a person who has an issue with flatulence, you should not before you go to yoga class. You should be cognizant of what your body reacts to the next day. Because you, you don't want to become a UN sanctioned, a world court sanctioned uh, war, war criminal by gassing everyone in your yoga class. I've been there with, uh, in classes where I, uh, or group exercise classes or anything where like jury duty when the night before I may have really had a hard night drinking, smoking, and you know, you, it just pours out of every part of your body. It may not necessarily be, I'm not trying to be disgusting and I'm, I'm sorry if you're eating, but people really do stink. They do. And it doesn't add a pleasurable experience. When your olfactory sense is your smell, your sense of smell is being assaulted. Where, so you, you just got to be considerate. There was nobody that had that issue at these at this class, okay? But I didn't want to be the one who was causing those issues. So cognizant of that, and I also go in a corner too because I don't want to be trying something and falling over and taking out several people, like a set of dominoes when they're doing a tree stand. You know, when they're trying to, you're standing on one leg, you kick out, you make a, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm holding up against the wall because, you know, like I said, balance. Balance, and once you get balance and steadiness and all that stuff, it's muscle memory. I hope, I hope I can do it. But I did all these things, I feel great, I love that, uh, 
I am doing something different. And whenever I, as I said before, whenever you try something different, you do expand your horizons, you challenge yourself and stuff like that. It adds a little bit of energy and diversity to your experiences. So I did all this and I happened to know several people in the class, more than a few people in the class, uh, other than my wife. And, and I knew one of the instructors. Well, one of the other instructors, this young lady, uh, comes out and we start talking to him and uh, talk, she t- starts talking to me. And this class is an introductory class. It's kind of a, like a promotional class. It was, it was free, but I'm, my intention is to purchase uh, more class visits after I go to this next one, because I figure I'll be like right at the beginner stage right then. At least I'll know some of the stuff and I'll just have to work hard at some of those things at home, which I try during the week. I, I, I didn't really try at home. I tried at the a gym, let's say, because they have blocks there and stuff like that. I could try some of the movements there. So I'm having a discussion. Obviously, we start out with, she says, oh, your hips are tight, your back and this, and um, which is really a thing for a lot of people it's it's not i'm not unique and matter of fact a couple of the instructors says i oh, i have that issue i'm a runner and i have an issue with that and i said well i'd like to overcome as much as i can and uh, but i'm willing to do a comedy they call it accommodations where you're trying to help your you know help yourself along so we're having these discussions and i said well this is what my intention is doing and this and that and i said i really should have done this years ago but I reintroduced it because of, and then I explained what happened to me. Uh, so it's May. It was two months ago. Two months ago, almost exactly today. And she said, oh, you're that guy. Wow. And I go, I'm that guy. I've never met this woman. And there's no reason for her to know who I am, even though... Um, you know, they, not everyone just frequents bars and stuff like that, and they know exactly who I am. I've been down here 16 years. I don't expect everyone to know who I am. But when I said that to the person, I go, oh, my God. And she goes, yes, we had the discussion. I work uh, in uh, rehabilitation. I heard about you. And I thought about the uniqueness of what happened to me, that here I am, and it's, I don't know if I was the... Uh, but of uh, an observation. I was going to say a joke, but it's not a joke. And you say, oh, this guy is real fit and all this stuff. And he had it and went down. And I'm sure they're saying it's the uh, COVID vaccine and all that stuff. Or what if some people are saying that. Some people are saying, see, never exercise is not necessarily good for you. Because that's always the same thing. Or, or when someone gets cancer, the guy never smoked a cigarette. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should have, you know, smoke cigarettes because we know Cigarettes can lead to lung cancer, right? So, but that thing, so you're that guy. And that's not the first one. My wife and I went 23 miles south and to a township in Isla And I know people in Isla but it's not a place we frequent. And not everyone knows us. They don't know. They, they may remember us when they see us come in because we're both over six foot and we walk the wife and I um, um, and I go in there and the waitress who I I never remember meeting before other than the last time I was there at this restaurant she goes hey 
I heard about what happened to you, blah, 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 blah. And how in the heck did you know? I mean, I'm 20 miles away. How'd you hear about? Well, my neighbors told me about you. Oh, you're that guy. So I said, I'm thinking that it must have been the uniqueness of the event of me being a spin instructor and having that. And I hope, I'm hoping people aren't using that as a caveat, saying, oh, I was thinking about going to exercise class, but look at what happened to that guy. Well, maybe the caveat should be, he, you know, he, he died. He was heart stopped beating and all that stuff, and he wasn't breathing. And, but he came back, and he's fine. He's doing it again. So, I mean, that, that would be the same thing. But I'm not, the nice thing about it, if I was younger, like I said, I'm almost 60 years old, that's kind of a thing every so often when you hear, I said, when when someone says, well, how old were they? And they go, 84 years old. When someone says, oh, they died of a heart attack, 84 years old. And, you know, I there's people that are very vibrant at 84 years old and some people that are a little older. You can see pictures of people uh, regularly that, you know, how they take care of themselves. So I'm hoping that I'm on one of the, the lower end, the people are surprised. So when people uh, hear about it, the people that know me, and they were going, what, Jim? And go, oh, my God. You know, he was in his 40s. And I go, what? I'm not in my 40s. I'm almost out of my 50s. And um, I love, I mean, I'm flattered when I hear that. I used to, when I first got down here, I heard, um, you know, be maybe like 10 years younger, like 34, 33 but it was a stretch. I mean, I was. I, I think now some people are still, uh, you know, it is. It is kind of flattering when some people say, "Say, oh, I thought you were much younger than that." I just had that vibe. But you know, when you have an older person looking at a younger person, a lot of times they misestimate. And same thing as a younger person estimating an older person, they overestimate. They go, what are you, like 70? You know, so I would always take that with a grain of salt. But that thing was, oh, so you're that guy. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't like Ben Stiller in Something About Mary, where, you know, where his ball sack got caught in a zipper. And they had to call the fire department and police department and stuff like that. And he's, oh, so, so you're that guy. I mean, that's always, I didn't want to, I mean, it's nice to be that guy in some situations. Since uh, I, I once walked in on an armed robbery. It was an attempted armed robbery at a gas station. And the cashier was asked, was waving me in. And I thought she was waving me in. For some reason, I, I was familiar with the cashier because it was, I walked by this gas station on the way to my local bar in Philadelphia and she was being robbed at the time and when she waved me in I uh, the guy ran out because I kind of jogged in and I was significantly bigger than the person that was robbing but they had a gun they must have thought I because I, I must have been like holding something that may, may have made it look like I was grabbing for my uh, gun and he did not have a pistol drawn he must have shown something in his waistband or something like that so I got in there and I said, "What's uh, why did the guy run out?" She goes, "Oh, I was being robbed." And then I, you know, after all the rigor morale, whatever you want to call it, I I went to the police station, looked at their books, and I didn't really get a good look at the guy. But um, 
whenever I went into the bar and the new person was in the bar and he goes, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy that broke up that robbery. I say, I say, I, okay, I'll take broke up. Uh, I don't want to, I wouldn't answer to the one. Whenever anybody said that and they said, oh, you uh, saved that lady. And I'm like, wait a second. This is what happened. And this is her happened. Like, I didn't know the guy had a gun. If the guy had a gun, I would have, this was before cell phones. Uh, this was like in the 1994, 93. I mean, it were, you know, hand, handheld cell phones. Um, they had handheld, but they were size of uh, uh, World War II walkie-talkies, and they were hundreds of dollars a month. But um, minimum $500, $600 a month, maybe. But uh, I told him, I said, listen, if I knew that, I would have just called from the phone booth and stuff like that and maybe made a big stink so the person seeing I was doing it and calling and, and, and getting the guy's attention. I wouldn't have ran in there. I guarantee I wouldn't have ran in there uh, unarmed against a person with a gun. But... Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, so you're that guy. You know, at least it's not that embarrassing. But if you're, if you are ever the, something, the same thing, you go, yeah, I'm that guy and move on. Well, I hope you're not that guy or girl or whatever, stuff like that in the negative sense. I hope you're that guy or that girl in the positive sense. And I hope that you have a great day. This is Jim the Keys bartender. I will be back again. I'm thinking tomorrow, maybe. Bye.